next scary movie. Uh-huh. What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Welcome back to the Jumping Scared Podcast. Through a special episode, my co-host Eric and I are dubbing the Stumbling Scared Edition, where we are giving our immediate thoughts, reactions, and opinions on a 2019 horror movie, and that's going to be Ready or Not. Eric, you want to tell us <laughs> tell us how you're feeling right now? I'm feeling great, and actually, I think I can give the viewers a little bit more insight into why we are calling this the Stumbling Scared edition of this podcast. It is because we maybe have indulged in some alcoholic beverages while we were watching this movie, and in fact, to toast the inaugural Stumbling Scared podcast, we actually have some Angel's Envy whiskey in front of us, and... Uh, my co-host Alex and I are going to quickly enjoy, uh, with you guys, some Angel's Envy. All right. So as Eric said, uh, this is just kind of a fun idea that uh, actually a friend of ours, listener of the show, recommended. Hey, I think it'd be fun if you guys did a uh, kind of more lighthearted, goofy rendition of your normal podcast after you've been drinking a little bit for movies. Because, you know, a lot of times if you're watching a movie, you might end up having a beer or two or a couple, you know, maybe three or four, whatever you're going to do to have a good time. So we've had a few drinks and we're going to obviously be a bit more rambly, a bit more uh, off kilter than normal. But we're going to try to give you some honest feedback and opinions on this movie because this is one we're looking forward to. This has been one that's been on our radar for quite a while. We have talked about it on the show as being excited for if you've seen a horror movie in theaters at all in the last six months you've probably seen at least a trailer for this movie it's been uh, marketed pretty heavily and uh it was a fun ride so i'm excited to get talking about this yeah right from the get-go from seeing this trailer this is the kind of movie i see the trailer for and i say to myself yes yes and more yes (laughs) we it's it's the kind of movie where you immediately know the premise you know there's not gonna i mean there's gonna be small twists and turns but you're not gonna be too terribly surprised but you just want to go for that ride and see where it takes you and this movie uh, is kind of the perfect uh, epitome of doing that and uh hopefully we can <laughs> we can uh, uh really exemplify that in our review here yeah and eric i think now is a very good time to just go ahead and shout from the rooftops that we're probably going to just do spoilers here so if you haven't seen the movie yet we're gonna say at this point don't don't keep listening if you want to see the movie we're gonna at least ruin some of the expectations of what you're going to see. So I would just go ahead and recommend, you know, we usually, sometimes we do like a pre-spoiler, post-spoiler. I don't think we're going to really do too much pre-spoiler, but I would just say I recommend seeing this movie and then we're going to talk about spoilers. So Eric, would you kind of agree with that? And then we'll move on to just general talk and that's going to include spoilers. Yeah, that sounds good. And uh, let me, let me add to that and let's just get the uh, semantics out of the way. Let's get like the director, let's get the the, okay. the stars so that way we sure. don't have to worry about it. It's out of the way. Yeah. It's, it's like in it. our back pocket. I like and we it. To, we can just forget about it. Okay. So this movie, obviously Alex mentioned 2019, uh, directed by a uh, duet of Matt Bettelini Open and Tyler Gillett, starring Samara Weaving, who uh, you guys might recognize, which Alex embarrassingly did not recognize, as the star of, I think, 2018? 2017, I believe. 2017's The Babysitter, which was a horror comedy that was featured directly on Netflix. Um, So that's Samara Weaving. The directors also, you may know, from working on VHS, which is a very... Uh, interesting anthology, very uh, 
I don't know. It's it's a substantially it's, better anthology than the only anthology we've covered on this podcast, which was ABCs of Death. Uh, the VHS oh, yeah, is yeah. a much more, I would say, a much more interesting and a more uh, compelling watch than ABCs of Death. But yeah, VHS is a pretty, I think, I wouldn't say cult classic, but it definitely has like a pretty strong following of people who really like it and like the sequels. I like you. <laughs> okay <laughs> uh so, so yeah um director's main star uh this is kind of funny uh if you um one of the other main stars not so the, the kind of general concept if you've seen a trailer at all is this uh, uh samara weaving whose grace is going to be marrying into a family a very weird traditional family and the brother of the groom in this was a guy i recognized and i could not place it for so long it's because he's a fairly minor character in gilmore girls which i feel a little <laughs> bit embarrassed about acknowledging because i actually didn't even find that on his imd page imdb page but i know for a fact that is the character and why i understood where it was from but yeah. okay last last <laughs> cast tidbit uh seeing on the imdb page uh, one of the writers was Guy Busick, which is too uncomfortably close to Gary Busick for my liking. Gary Busey. Oh Lord. Okay. This. So this is this is how this is gonna go. All right. <laughs> okay. Anywho. <laughs> so I guess we are <laughs> we are done with the. Uh, with the <laughs> okay. Oh man, this is gonna be a long night. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my co-host is in shambles right now <laughs> no no okay time to actually discuss this movie because it's a very fun movie to discuss and uh we have to give it it's it's fair shake yeah i definitely agree uh so i think it makes sense to just start off kind of in the beginning of the movie and move forward with our thoughts kind of progressing throughout the film so I, just to right off the bat i'd like to start by acknowledging how like charismatic easily easy to identify and just really like easy to root for it is for our final girl who's going to be grace in this movie uh very reminiscent of aaron from uh you're next uh which to me is like a kind of a quintessential revenge really strong identifiable final girl so uh, i really liked grace in this like movie i think she was just really fun to root for and was a really compelling character and this is the movie where you know what's going to happen, but the buildup like makes you feel so uncomfortable for Grace. Like she's thrown into these conversations and these kind of glances and these mannerisms from the family. It's very awkward and uncomfortable, especially on their wedding day. You would think everybody would be happy, jovial, excited to be around her, but it's very uncomfortable. And you, she obviously doesn't know why. The viewers who have at least seen the trailer know why. The rest of the family knows why. So seeing that, uh, Grace's memory or her understanding of the situation pick up, it's interesting as a viewer because it's it's fun to go along on the ride with her. And that's what makes this movie a lot of fun. Yeah, and so just briefly speaking from the perspective of someone who's gone through a wedding, like the last consideration you're wanting to give is like, oh, does this family actually, like, accept me? Do I actually fit in with this family? There's so much kind of bullshit stress that goes into, like, just dealing with having a wedding. And you can clearly tell that she's really stressed alone just by the fact that this family is so wealthy and so different than what she's used to that she's just trying to really finagle her way in to, like, make people like her. So that's just, like, a huge added stressor. And you see things, like, at the ceremony with the Aunt Helene, who is, uh, like, standing up significantly after the rest of the group. So she's clearly, like, not happy with the uh, arrangement. So uh, just an added stress. And that just kind of, like, adds to the developing 
feeling of her not really belonging. And I think that really sets the stage for kind of as the movie progresses to maybe even give a little credence to like how they can attempt to do what they're going to do to her just to create some separation. Eric, do you feel similar? Yeah, I do. And actually one really quick thing we haven't brought up yet. The movie actually opens before like 30 years prior to this marriage. It opens with uh, this uh, man trying to run through this mansion. Eventually uh, you see these little two kids hiding from him or hiding from something. And then one of the kids grabs a guy says, he's here. He's here. The entire family comes running, and he seemingly gets dealt with. Yeah, he's dragged away into a room with the family crest kind of on the door. Yeah. We later see that room as the room that's going to be gathered with the wedding party at midnight after after pretty much the wedding. Yeah, so that's the auspicious background we've got on the family, and that's kind of the what we've got to draw on, at least to connect the dots between these early scenes we were already discussing as far as how they're going to play out in the future. Yeah, and uh, so this is going to be something that's a little bit interesting that we can talk to. It's going to be spoilery for sure. So again, we already said this. If you're still listening, like get out of here. Go watch the movie. But um, something that immediately that we kind of mentioned briefly, as they said, um, Alex, who is the uh, groom in this wedding, uh, was talking to the parents here and they said are you prepared if she pulls that card just saying that card and then at that point we're like hmm are they implying there's some sort of stacked deck or is there just like some sort of significance like do they know that something's going to happen does he know that something's going to happen and he's like oh i'm going to get married anyway and is he like just almost in denial or is he just like willing to risk it and so that was kind of an immediate interesting like Huh. Yeah. So, so if he's aware that this is a possibility, what is he doing? If this is the person he actually loves, like what is he doing here? Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, and also one quick thing I have to mention because there's a really good quote I wrote down during these intro scenes. Uh, one of the best ways to kind of break down these familial relationships is to kind of see how they talk to each other. And right away in the very, one of the very first scenes, we have this aunt who Alex mentioned who like isn't standing up during the uh, acceptance when the bride's walking Her hair is standing up, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I guess she uh, <laughs> she didn't... She Maybe she was doing one thing instead of the other, saying, hey, if my hair's up, I can plop down on my chair like an old bag. Arthritis, you know. Yeah, you never know. Knees. Knees are yeah, old. Yeah. Maybe she was a runner. Apparently running's bad for your knees. So yeah, they runner's say, knee. Yeah. Anywho, uh, so the quote I was trying to get to was that this... She's, I don't know, maybe in her 70s, this Aunt, Aunt Helene... She's yeah. got gray hair, but she doesn't look that bad. You, I don't know how old she actually is. Because you see, I mean, you assume, she looks. You assume like sister of the dad. The dad doesn't look that old. But you say they don't look and, old, and, but and, they look bad. <laughs> well, ba- define bad. Not good. <laughs> like they're so, not attractive well, people. But you think so? You think our main couple? They're probably right around thirty. You'd say, um, maybe mid thirties. Yeah. So you assume parents probably. 60? 60. So then sister, you think, is probably 60. Yeah, okay, I mean, 60. it's supposedly yeah. not bad for 60s. No normal 60s couple, like our parents, would maybe be retired in Arizona. These people are still living out, which we never really got a good indication of where this was located, did we? No. I mean, it was obviously a huge manor in some woods, but that let's could go, really be anywhere. Let's pick Northeast US. I was thinking Northeast. Like, yeah. it fits for Northeast. It's got some, like, really... plantation vibes. That'd be more South. North, well, but south, not, kind of like New England, but... Okay, let's just say East Coast somewhere. Yeah, it, it, it had a little bit of plantation vibes, and that would kind of fit along with the 
old ancestral family wealth, despite it being, oh, yeah, they started selling, um, you know, trading cards in the Civil War and then went into board games. And apparently that makes you so your family is worth like a billion dollars. Yes. Anywho, <laughs> that what I was trying to get to <laughs> was that Aunt Helene... Uh, which is a hilarious name for an aunt because Helene is just like such an outdated name that nobody names her kids Helene anymore. It's like, can you imagine? Yeah, Helene. You know, you go. I feel like you'd what rather. Would you, what would you even tell a friend who named like you're like, oh, this is a little baby Helene. Honestly, if I'm that kid, I'm going by hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, Aunt Helene, uh, as I forget what the uh, niece's name, but she walks up to her, like, give her a hug, uh, and then uh, Aunt Helene says to her, "Oh, brown-haired niece, you continue to exist." <laughs> So that is a kind of familiar relationship. It's 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 connected for the wrong type of reasons. It's not love. It's more so we've been around so long. Acknowledgement. Which everybody knows that you form bonds based on being around people long instead of actually liking them. That's the real way to do it. So Yeah, and so just to progress kind of the movie forward, so the game is introduced. She pulls this card from this weird box that was essentially a devil agreement with the great grandfather of this family uh, yes i have something quick to okay. add here uh the box was a pretty clean lit rip on jumanji like even like a black <laughs> thing rising out as a game designer i can like speak to ripping off other games <laughs> as so, a game designer he yes. is flexing so hard right now yes uh in real life too alex can see my biceps <laughs> ripping out of my tank top um <laughs> Yeah, but what I was trying to say, so basically they explain the game, like, they take these games extremely seriously. And even though when they explain the game, uh, Grace still thinks it's kind of like a joke. Like, they're like, oh, hide and seek. And then she leaves and goes starts to hide, and then they all grab weapons, and Alex is all like, guys, we're not actually doing, like, I'm not going to let you do this. But at the end of the day, it's like eight people who are starting to hunt this woman who has literally no idea what's going on. Yes, and... Uh, the setup for this is very cool because it's obviously a massive mansion. Uh, the lighting is like dark but light at the same time. Well, you can they, see they, it well. They turned off a lot of the lights in yeah. the cameras once the game started because they were trying to be traditional. They didn't want to. They didn't want to like use anything that our ancestors couldn't have used. We wanted to make sure we're following traditional rule sets. And a lot of the weaponry is medieval. You've got these long axes. You've got crossbows. You've got rifles that look like they were made for the Civil War. You have a harpoon, seemingly, at some point. It's, I, I don't know if it's a harpoon. A or, spear gun? I think it's a land-based harpoon. I don't know what you would it's hunt. It's a spear gun. Well, I, yeah. What, it's what, bigger what, than that, What would you hunt though. with that, though? Uh, buffalo, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> would you not just use a gun in that sense? I don't know. Can a gun take down a buffalo? It's very thick. Pellet shot? I don't know. What Pellet world? shot? What, 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 I mean, In what, what world? What, 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 people, people were hunting buffalo. Like, Native Americans hunted buffalo with spears. Mm. <laughs> but also, buffalo had no endurance, too. They would just sometimes run them down. And mm. off cliffs. Is that a thing? Yeah, they would, like, kind of chase them off cliffs and they would fall and then die. They are the weaker species. <laughs> well, they're not around, no. so. Okay. <laughs> That's just natural selection. <clears throat> yes. Anywho. One thing you have to note during this movie, it, they don't utilize it too often, but when they do choose to use music, I think they do it in a really good way. So they've got a really good ready or not 
Here I come. I'm singing it bad, but I'm going to keep on doing it. Yeah, song with the, that they the use. record with the needle spinning, like an old classic record that they put on when the game starts, which they come back to later on. Uh, sometimes they do kind of like upbeat, goofy music because this is a comedy. They're, like we've already mentioned a lot of kind of funny quotes. This is very comedic. I'd say a majority is comedic. I think the trailer almost misrepresented how sinister it would be. Mm. I think. The undertones for sure are sinister because, like, legitimately, like, if you could imagine yourself in this situation, it's like, oh, yeah, this innocent person is being hunted. But I think a lot of the presentation was extremely comedic. Yeah, they use uh, they use banter and they use situational comedy to disguise a very, very sinister plot. Yeah. And actually, uh, one thing I didn't even write this down, but one thing that the uh, record player and, like, the Ready or Not song reminded me of was when uh, Basil and Watson were tied to the block and like the Radigan's so puzzle. So long, yeah. farewell. I don't remember the rest yeah. of the uh, Great Mouse Detective, <laughs> for those who are uh, not aware, uh, Disney Plus just came out. Uh, anybody who's got Verizon Unlimited plan gets it a year for free. Also, if you have not seen Great Mouse Detective, you are probably a fool and an infidel. This so. episode brought to you by Disney Plus, our yeah. sponsor. Yes. Can you imagine? <laughs> that would be the dream. Would it? Alex, how many Disney movies have we watched? We obviously, but like Disney Plus is not in the market for sponsoring a podcast that averages fifty views per. I'm saying, would it not be the dream? Oh, it would be really cool. It'd be the dream. Well, I would want to be sponsored by the team that brought us Great Mouse Detective more than anything. I think. Mm, Also sponsored by the Detroit Lions. (laughs) Is that the dream? I mean, unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) that's sadly the dream. Sometimes dreams are sad, and you have to account for that. So. Okay, anywho, um, so we get into our actual start of the movie. We've got our setup through. We've got the idea. Uh, Grace is told, you gotta hide. And then she says, how do I win this game? Well, you could hide until uh, dawn. She's like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. Yes, and so uh, she tries to hide in a dumbwaiter, which is a a pretty good spot. I think it's pretty smart. But then she randomly leaves, and she kind of starts skulking around. And she is grabbed from behind by her fiancé. Well, actually, at this point, husband. And he explains to her, well, doesn't actually need to explain to her because someone is killed in front of her for mistakenly being the bride. And she realizes, oh, they're trying to kill me. Alex explains, oh, yeah. Uh, So they take this really seriously. You just have to, if you get past this, it's going to be fine. And she's like, "Uh, what are you you talking, like, what, what, what the hell is going on? Like, this is not okay. And he's he then just completely gaslights her and says, you wanted to get married. So <laughs> really, this is on you. Yeah, she absolutely flips her shit. And he's like, oh, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, that's a classic gaslighting there by, uh, by our husband, Alex, there. And at this point, essentially, then she is aware of what's going on. And, and the rest of the movie is essentially a game of cat and mouse inside this mansion, in, a, in and out of the mansion, really, between her and the mostly sadistic family who is believing in this weird pact that the great-grandfather had with a devil-type figure that if you don't kill this person when this card is drawn, then we're all going to die at dawn. Uh, They all really, really firmly believe that this is the case, and so they are committed extremely hard to this, and to the point where they kill multiple innocent servants just because... They mistakenly immediately thought they were she like it could have been mis- you know could have been identified as the uh, bride here. And well, the interesting thing is, so there's uh, at least two people who have married into the family 
who just were assigned regular games. Oh yeah, we based had on the card. We had a one that was chess. We had one that was I think backgammon. Backgammon, maybe? yeah, it's like something like what, that, in, which is a terrible game, by the way. It's it's rough. It's it, who, it's so it, much luck involved that it's not even fun. Yeah, it's it's basically if you've got dice, why not just play Meyer? <laughs> why not? There's a lot of games you yeah. could play. I mean, it, 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 if you if you find yourself playing backgammon in 2019. You've done something wrong in the last, like, 40 years. I agree. Um, but the thing that, I, obviously, I'm, I'm going to just tell this movie that it's being silly for doing this. I will never, ever, ever believe that you can get people to mar- marry into this family and just be okay to go on a witch hunt and kill somebody. The people well, who have not been, like, established with this as kids who grew up and, like, this was your, this was your normal. People who married in when they were in their 20s. I'm sorry. Weird shit exists. So this is 2019. We have seen weird shit exist a lot <laughs> lately. But no, I'm sorry. Correct oh, me if I'm wrong. Am I, I am I, I being no, naive? I do agree with you, but I want to discuss briefly. So we are just all over the place with this, but I want to discuss the briefly the motivations of Emily, who's the one of the married in family members who basically told uh Loki, the hero of the well, not the hero, but the subhero of the movie after uh, Grace is going to be Daniel DeLomis. Uh, he's so she is married to him, and she basically said, "Like, I wouldn't be anything without this family. If, if I wasn't in this family, I'd rather be dead." So I am a hundred percent committed. We don't really get that much info on her background. I'm kind of curious, like literally, how how true that statement was. Like, what her how bad her situation could have been that warranted that kind of informational statement where she's like, my, you know, everything I had before this family was so much worse that I would rather have died if I couldn't be part of it. Well, this, this family does have fuck you money, which is, it's hard to. Oh, it's more than that. Okay. (laughs) Fuck you then. What what do you want? How do you want me to quantify that? Well, because that's, that's a more specific term for like. Okay. This family has Jeff Bezos money. Oh no, it's less than that. <laughs> I hate you with every. They, they have very clean me. financial independence. They have a very strong financial. I mean, well, they are. I would guess hundred millionaires. They're not Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos okay. is one of the most wealthy person in the world. I mean, that's that's a stretch. It's just a big leap. So fuck you, money was fine. No, that's too small. Okay. Anywho, they're, uh, they're they're in between fuck you money and Jeff Bezos money. I would say closer to fuck you money than Jeff Bezos. Okay, so Emily probably grew up poor. Uh, I don't know what her familial situation was. Doesn't seem like it was pretty great. Uh, she, she was on la- she. Her family had less than fuck you money. Yeah, <laughs> between, I, between I get destitute that part. and fuck you money. I get that part. <laughs> But she clearly latched onto this family. Like, even if, like, it's a, a money thing. Like, if you have, like, a good family who's poor, but they're your family and, like, they love you, you still keep them. She obviously doesn't care about that. She only cares about this new family. Well, so, that's what... I'm curious what her background is. Because, like, I assume her familial relationship, not only was it poor, but it was just probably, like, a really bad relationship. Because she does seemingly not care about what she had before at all. I don't think this is, like... A situation where it was growing up poor, but everybody cared about each other. I think it was like growing up poor, and also her parents were like, you know, drug addicts or something. Yeah, who who knows? <laughs> well, I mean, that's what, I just was curious to discuss the motivations because she completely bought in 
to this family's craziness in a way that is almost incomprehensible. So I just kind of wanted to talk about that. Yeah, I can talk half a lumps and woozles with the best of them, but if you want to go down that path, you should probably watch the Winnie the Pooh Grand Adventure and then talk about that. So, Oh, no, I'm more interested in talking about Emily and her marrying into the... Okay. The Loma, Lodomus family. All right. Well, I'm I think gonna... I said Delomus earlier. It's Lodomus. I apologize. <laughs> okay. Let's just move on. Easy mistake. Okay. So we start. We've already got one person killed. We're getting back onto the plot now. Okay. Oh, are we? Here we are. We've got one person killed. It was uh, unfortunately. I'm going to refer to her as a unimportant character, at least in the sake of the movie. It was just a... Uh, babysitter? Babysitter. We don't know like what connection necessarily she had to the family or not. Uh, she obviously knew what was going on because she was being pretty careful when she was looking for the kids. She at least knew, like, hey, these kids shouldn't be out. Did like, she know what was going on? Because the, later the maid did not know at all. I wonder if the babysitter also doesn't really know. Is it possible? Do we know that the maid didn't know or was that a ploy? Ooh. So okay. that's some tin foil. So, so let's let's set the scene here. Uh, <laughs> so so uh, Grace, she has been walking around the mansion on her lonesome for quite some time now, and she discovers a maid in her former hiding spot in the dumbwaiter. Which uh, I had a fun line. Uh, it created a situation of a dumb waiter in a dumb waiter. And why was she a dumb waiter? Because she reveals to Grace that she does not know what's going on. She's terrified, and then Grace says. It's okay, they're not looking for you. You can get out. They're looking for me. And then the waiter immediately, well, maid immediately yells, Help! Help! She's right here! She's right here! And then she closes the dumbwaiter, tries to go up a floor. Unfortunately, she gets, she gets her head stuck, and then her body gets crunched. And that is the last of the maid we see, because she's gonzo. Yeah. So at that point, uh, Grace pretty quickly realizes, without her bay. She is just about on her own, and so she decides to take matters into her own hands, and she goes back into that original game room, and she gets gunned up. Yeah, and at this point, she's changed out of her heels. She is in some sneakers. Uh, she cut her wedding dress because it got caught in something. She's cut it kind of around mid-shin. She then grabs a gun. She puts a bandolier around her chest. She looks in the mirror, and she's just like, huh, this looks dope as shit she didn't really literally say that but that's kind of what the general audience feeling is gonna be like wow she looks like really badass this is really cool and this is kind of when you really get the kind of feeling that okay she's gonna be a really cool fighter girl i'm excited to watch what she's gonna do yes and uh at this point uh i had been waiting all movie to make this reference because uh, i so much like to flex the fact that i'm now reading I have not been reading books for such a long time that I now feel like I can hold that over other people's heads because I am a superior being for reading books because reading books is so much more mature than watching it on television. If you can't hear, he's clearly being sarcastic as he literally started reading months ago after my incessant becking for years and years because I wanted to discuss some of the similar books I had been reading and have been reading. I have not stopped reading since I was a youthful lad i actually can't interpret this so well you should probably write it down so i can read it and actually fully appreciate the context <laughs> okay of well go, go ahead with whatever point you're making anywho here. i so desperately wanted to compare this movie to a book i just read which is agatha christie's i think it's 1921 mystery and then there were none which is uh, one of the highest selling mystery books of all time 
written way, way, way back when. Uh, it's a cool book. It's it's basically uh, Clue if you're like in England and in the 1920s. I believe Clue is in England. Cluedo. Oh. <laughs> yeah, you might be right. But anyway, it's a cool book. But I was like, okay, this movie we're, we're getting into and then we're on territory. And then Alex, the sneaky son of a bitch. Uh, makes... In this instance, he's saying Alex from the movie, not Alex the <laughs> yeah. co-host. Alex from the movie, yeah. Uh, Alex, Alex... I can't even say Alex's brother. <laughs> Alex's uh, Alex, uh, husband. Why Alex's husband? You're a husband. Well, yeah, okay, but in this context. Alex, say Alex Ladomus, then. Al- okay, Alex Ladomus. Alex Ladomus, as he sees the like the final like servant in the house get taken out, says, and then there were none. That was actually Daniel Ladomus, though, wasn't it? Ladomus. I did Wait, wait, which one's which again? Oh, yeah, shit. Because Daniel's the quote-unquote alcoholic brother. Yes, okay, Daniel. Sorry, yeah, same same deal. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so so essentially the plot's going to keep moving on. Uh, the next note that I have is, so she finally gets out of the house. This is after a lot of things happen, but she gets out of the house. And one of the things that happens, which I think is almost interesting to talk about, like, I think it's really interesting talking about, is that she gets to a garage and one of the boys who the babysitter was looking for earlier finds her out there and it's revealed later that he chased her and decided to shoot her in the hand because that's what everybody else was doing. So he is literally mimicking behavior because he I, sees it as the adults doing it and he like understands that that's what I should be doing. And this kind of comes up later with this kind of familial responsibility and like... This kid's probably, what, like 10 years old? Like, I think old enough probably to have some formative opinions of his own, but he decides to follow in the footsteps of his, you know, parents or babysitter or people who's seeing, you know, he's used to being with his family. I think that's super interesting because this is kind of how this family relationship exists because you kind of have the repetitive action of the older people doing it, the younger people kind of getting used to it, and then you just have this weird cycle of people just being crazy. I think, call it however silly it is, uh, or however silly you want to call it, horror, comedy, this is certainly the director playing a homage to how they kind of view society as a whole, as how you how you raise people or how people see adults reacting and interacting to things. That's how they're going to behave. I, I think it's true. I think, And I think it's a definitely a negative, um, negative kind of directorial... A statement on I don't want to say like how rich kind of families operate but I would say maybe extremely rich families that don't really have like this kind of support system where it's just kind of like oh we hand down our hand down our wealth hand down our wealth hand down our wealth and it's just kind of these kids who are a lot of these kids are kind of screw-ups in the movie like you have this girl who is constantly killing innocent people and like constantly on cocaine and and one of the brothers is like a drunk who doesn't really care and like there's obviously a lot of problems with the family but they almost kind of sweep onto the rug because like our family's so important we have all these traditions and it's just kind of you know we have to keep doing what we've always done i think that's definitely a commentary on some negative implications of this kind of continued just existence of whatever this family's done for hundreds of years if it doesn't if it doesn't make sense in the current generation to keep doing it yeah and uh so as alex mentioned this this scene actually leads to like my favorite part of the entire movie so grace gets shot in the hand by this little kid georgie yes georgie and 
uh, she immediately knocks him the fuck out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she swings on him real hard. It's a good punch. Yes. Because she was expecting, like, a 10-year-old kid, like, hey, reason with me. These people are trying to kill and me. she immediately went to that. She's like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm so glad to see you. Like, yeah. I don't know what's going on. Like, these people are crazy. And then he pulls a gun and almost immediately shoots her in the hand without really even, like, listening to her. And... Obviously, it's a movie, so this is probably going to happen, but goddamn kudos to Grace. We get to see her blossom into a goddamn peacock, strong as fuck person. Oh, she just flies. fight off the world. She flies. She absolutely flies with her feathers, each one unique identifying color, <laughs> and she, she shows it to the world and says... This is my blood. It's red, just like yours. <laughs> Random office reference. Uh, yeah, so one of my favorite parts was, this is like a pretty small thing, but she gets outside the grounds of the, I don't know, family home. She cuts herself across the midsection to do so across the fence, and she like gets a car to stop, and she bangs on the window. She's like, please, please help me. They're trying to kill me. And this guy like yells like, F you, get out of the road. And then she just goes on this hilarious rant about rich people. And she's like, you have been small dick rich asshole mother ever. Like, what? And it's just, I, that was like in the moment with what she's gone through. Like, that was just perfect to me. Because I think she was just projecting everything she's felt about the family leading up to kind of the wedding. And then obviously confirmed and reaffirmed based off the experience she's had. And I think that was just perfect with how that played into her experience yeah this scene was actually one of the only small complaints i had about the movie uh i felt like they ripped that quote directly off of something i would have said playing video games <laughs> on discord so uh royalties i mean <laughs> i'm not rich but i will still take a royalty <laughs> yeah and so i mean but throughout the movie though we could just continue to see her being really strong because once she gets out of the facility she's chased by uh I don't know if I call him a butler, but I guess a servant of the facility who she had previously bested before by smashing him with a tea kettle, burning his face. He then catches her, is like, you know, jumps on top of her, is about to like be choking her out. And then she just grabs the side of his face that was scalded earlier and just like, you know, grips her face super, uh, grips his face super hard. Uh, just leaning into that wherewithal or just fighting, fighting instinct. And uh, that was like so cool because I think it's just really like, this is what a smart capable survivor person would do and she's just exemplifying like what a person who is strong and willing to adapt with a situation like this would do and then she grabbed some fabric from her dress wrapped it around his neck and tugged and you know what i wrote about that scene she should she should have double tapped no, I wrote that she had a stranglehold on the situation. <laughs> she also should have double tapped. She People double need tapped. to double tap. That she, is a she learns her lesson. She does learn her lesson, but that is just a critical mistake people make they don't watch zombie land you got to double tap how many times do we see somebody think they best an adversary in a horror movie best anybody in anybody movie any type of movie and then they just come back because oh they were just knocked out or they were just in critical condition you got to double tap if you have the means double tap to be to be fair she is dealing with hand wounds she's dealing with psychological wounds she's dealing with I just got married syndrome. There's a lot going on for Grace. I can understand the fact that she doesn't want to necessarily bludgeon a butler to death in a field. I can get that. No, but that, that, it's not bludgeoning at this point. It's just holding the chokehold a little bit longer. Holding an extra couple seconds, you're probably good. Seconds that she maybe doesn't know she has to spare. 
she maybe needs to get out of there faster, which is what she did. Well, you're pivoting, which, though. You said initially she didn't want to bludgeon somebody. Now she just doesn't want to, like... Well, there's scenes where she didn't... I mean, she didn't want to bludgeon the kid. I guess that's a little different, but... <laughs> a little the kid different. The A little different. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> All right. So, I, I, I apologize, like, very hard to anybody who is still listening to this who hasn't watched the movie, because we are bastardizing this so badly with how left and right and back and forwards and random no. jumping we're doing. No, think of it like the uh, Willy, Wonka, Willy Wonka elevator. We're getting to all of the floors just in whatever order we choose to. You know what? Because we're getting into the floors in the order that Willy Wonka wants us to. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know if that's accurate. Do you know who Willy Wonka is in this situation? I don't actually. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, then I guess it is accurate because uh, Eric is guiding us along. So, so, uh, so really quickly though, I wrote down something the previous scene Alex just mentioned. So the scene where she uh, was fighting with the butler with two T's. I don't know. Call him whatever you want to go. Anywho, uh, so they, they were. He was driving her home, and that she was in the back seat. And she boots him in the face. He boots him in the Wait, face. Can we acknowledge how boots. that happens, though? He gets so confident and cocky. He Skype chats with the family saying, I'm bringing her back. And they're like all so relieved. Like, oh my gosh, we can actually get rid of this before dawn. And then he puts on classical music to celebrate. I don't remember the name of the song, but it's the same one that uh, plays in V for Vendetta when he blows up the old... Uh, parliament. No, that's not the Parliament. Yeah, the British Parliament. No, that's at the end of the movie. In the beginning, he blows up uh, the old... Uh, do, 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 do. Yeah, it's not do, the Parliament. Do, 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 yeah. do. It's when he brings... He meet, first meets Evie. Yes, yes. It's old Muni or something. It starts with an M. Anywho. Uh, he starts playing classical music, just blasting, and he's having a great time, and then she just boots him into the face, boots him in the face, boots him in the face, and then crashes the car, and he is down for the count. Yes. And so at this point, let's just, let's just get into the end of the movie because that's where we're at. Yeah, so basically we get a complete betrayal by Alex against uh, Grace. He realizes that all along he actually did believe this is possible. Once the card was drawn, he realized, I think deep down he realized he cared more about his family and mostly himself than he did about Grace. And so... She finally, she fights off a bunch of people. She is about to escape. He could have saved her. And then he grabs her, calls the rest of the family. She's there. Tries to initiate the ritual. Yeah, it's like uh, if you guys have seen Horton Hears a Who at the end of the movie when they yell, we are here, we are here, we are here. Just change we are to she's. That's like what it sounds like. Yeah, unnecessary reference (laughs) to be sure. Um, (laughs) A very unnecessary reference in this situation. Uh, So basically, though, they've been talking about this ritual needing to be happened. So she gets dragged to this room. She's strapped to a table. Uh, They're doing a lot of weird chanting. A knife is kind of distributed. And she Hail Satan. Yeah, that was a little unexpected. I was surprised. I was super (laughs) surprised. A little unexpected. Yeah, (laughs) a small tangent. So we watched a dog shit movie yesterday. Uh, No, no, no. Okay, um, uh, cat shit. I don't know. It was some type of shit. I think it was actually slightly above average. Like, right above a five. To me. Okay, um... We watched a movie of differing opinions last night called Satanic Panic. It was funny. funny. (laughs) We went into it expecting it to be funny, and it was funny. It was funny. It was funny. I liked a little bit of average. Um, And it was a satanic cult, and so when this movie turned out to be a... (laughs) fucking satanic cult i'm like oh no. yeah because they kept talking about their ancestral great-grandfather having this relationship with a mr like lomas or i mean 
or something. Dol- like, yeah, Ladomus. But like the Mister something was slightly different than the last name. If I unless I'm misremembering. Yeah. Um. So like they kept saying this, but then at the end it's like hail Satan. And so apparently, just the great great grandfather to accumulate all this wealth literally made a deal with the yeah, devil. Soul to soul. So uh, they have to every time this card of hide and seek gets drawn in this mystery box. They have to give a blood, flesh, sacrifice, pretty much. And she, Grace, is going to be the the vessel for that. So she fights out of it. She gets stabbed in the shoulder. She gets up, grabs the knife, and... She's in a corner. Baby's in a corner. Nobody puts baby in a corner. Oh, she got put in a corner. She survived pretty well. Yeah, because nobody puts baby in a corner. She got there on her own. Yeah, but nobody puts her. That's why she's Yeah, exactly. She got there on her own, so she's fine. Nobody put her there. She got there on her own. I think we're arguing the same thing. Yeah, for exactly. I'm agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So nobody put baby, <laughs> <laughs> nobody put baby in a corner, and Aunt Helene of all people with her. She okay. Aunt Helene looks exactly like uh, Max's mom from Always Sunny, aged but then younger. No, younger but with taller hair. No, but also aged then younger back. It's like she went through a time machine then came back. It's like uh, let me give you a Marvel fans a reference. It's like. Uh, in uh, the uh, last Marvel movie, what was the Avengers movie? The Endgame. Endgame, yeah. Endgame. When <laughs> For you uh, Marvel fans. <laughs> when uh, Paul Rudd kept on getting through the time machine. Oh, call Man. Man. Okay, Ant Man kept getting shot through the time machine. He came back as a baby, as an old man, as one well, of those. Well, spoilers for Endgame. It's like the first tw- uh, 30 minutes. I that movie's seen, I, I haven't so seen Endgame. Long. Don't watch it. I, I wasn't going well, to. No, but Endgame's, hey, actually, Endgame's pretty cool. Spoilers for Endgame, though. Yeah, if you haven't, okay, if you're one of the few people who haven't seen Endgame, I saw it like a month who ago. Who are also listening to our podcast? <laughs> I think the overlap, <laughs> the overlap on the people who haven't seen Endgame and who are currently listening to this podcast. Yeah, this, I don't know if there's overlap, honestly. Especially at this point of the podcast, <laughs> yeah. there's maybe three people who hear what you're say, we're saying right now. No, more than that. Well, well including us. <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. I, see, I don't know how plays and downloads actually relate to people listening to a full episode. You obviously can't tell. Well, or or is a play or a play slash download doesn't it? Does that that probably doesn't indicate necessarily an entire. See, I don't know. This is entirely worthless for a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. okay. Go. Anywho. Okay. So. Uh, I was just trying to describe Aunt Helene for people. So she's got this hair that stands oh up. Oh my gosh. It stands like it doesn't need a cane for her age. Yeah, it stands like somebody who should when a bride's walking down the it aisle. It stands like a white NFL player. <laughs> oh my god. Let's fucking go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, queen. <laughs> okay. Um, so Aunt Helene... So we also learned during this, like, so in the first scene of the fucking movie, it's yeah, Aunt, callback. Aunt Helene is the bride, and her husband is the one who's murdered, and she's like, no, no, don't do it. And at then we first. find At first. And then we find out Aunt Helene either was... No, the one. She was no, the no, one. No, 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 but I'm saying either she was, like, sweet-talked, or she was... Um, coerced? Coerced, or what's the other word? Brainwashed. Brainwashed into believing this is the familial way. That you gotta kill these guys when they draw the card, which it only apparently happens every like thirty years, because that's when the last one that happened. So uh, Aunt Helene's like, I learned the best lesson anybody could learn: that you sacrifice what you sacrifice for the family, and the only regret 
I have about what happened was that I couldn't kill him myself. Yeah, like, so, geez. David, is it David? <laughs> the, uh, the Alex. Yeah. Alex. Alex should be the one to kill Grace because I should have been the one to yeah. kill what's his name, my former husband. So we're just like, okay, Aunt Helene. Yeah, we already thought you. Okay, Boomer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Boomer. We'll leave it at that. So we get to the scene, and Grace just squirrels out of Yeah, she just completely things. shoulders the knife like it's no big deal, pulls it out of her shoulder, and then she's wielding it as a defense mechanism. Uh, just additional. If you didn't realize how just badass and cool Grace is, yeah. She is literally one of the coolest, one of the most empathetic, one of the most supportable final girls, I would almost say, of horror movie history. You know, this I never thought of a good time to bring it up. One thing I did write about her is that she has very pretty blue eyes. <laughs> they were, like, vagrant. She has some homeless eyes. She has some really homeless eyes. Some empty, empty. (laughs) You know, the building has just been vacated. I meant vibrant. (laughs) I know they they uh, they speak to you, as they say. Yeah. Anywho, uh, so she's in the corner with her knife. Like, who, 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 who wants it? Sounds like Archimedes and the Sword and the Stone. Who? (laughs) <laughs> to be clear, she, ne- <laughs> she <laughs> never <laughs> technically never said who, but you could see it. She you could see it in her eyes. She was jutting with the knife going in her eyes. Was yeah. Going, hoo, hoo, yeah, hoo, hoo. <laughs> yeah. But then Aunt Helene, of all people, sees out of the corner of her eye the window. And you know what the window brings? What does it bring, Eric? The window brings dawn. And the curtains are pulled apart. It is clear that the daylight has begun. And it's actually pretty funny because immediately nothing happens. And one of the kind of comic relief characters was one of the married in people who I think he was... Fitch. Yeah, Fitch, who played either chess or backgammon or something. And he just goes, I told you, you assholes, there's nothing going to happen. It was bullshit. It It was was bullshit. bullshit. And then immediately he just blows up yeah it's like uh if you've ever seen the new adaptation of fright night it's like whenever a vampire gets into the sunlight it's like that big poof but then they like explode into blood and guts and yeah so literally like blowing up and then just all you see is blood he blows up the next person blows up father blows up aunt helene blows up uh very very last person alex is pleading with our final girl and grace is Pretty much having none of it. He's like, oh, I, I clearly I wasn't one of them. I haven't blown up yet. Like, I'll give you like, I'll give you another chance. Like, I, I want to get back. You know, yeah, you, you know that I love you. And then she pretty much just says, fuck you. He blows up just completely. She's already covered in blood, but just literally spatters her blood with face. <laughs> spatters her face with blood. I mean, <laughs> technically with face as well. It was oh, pits yeah. of faces. So, yeah. And then she goes out. Uh, smokes a cig as the house is burning and collapsing behind her and police, the police, police and paramedics arrive. arrive and at this point she's obviously gone through a hugely traumatic incident but I think she has grown a lot and really 
kind of self-actualized and I think she feels good at the end of the movie and I'm I'm happy for where Grace is at. And how it ends, they end it as the house is burning and she's walking out. They've got like a rock rendition of Here Comes the Bride coming out with her dress completely in tathers. It's burning behind her and she's, she's covered got, in blood. She's got this fuck the world attitude on her face and she is just taken on the world. That uh, might be my favorite scene of the entire movie, just for what it build up, build it up to, and uh, just her her ambiance at that point is just like this is cool. It's really yeah, cool. I definitely agree. So I think overall thoughts. This was exactly what I would have expected in terms of tone and what I would have get out of it. I didn't obviously know the entire plot and where it would take me, but this was a very enjoyable watch, and I was expecting it to be a very enjoyable watch. This has been. For sure, the I would say the best horror comedy I've seen of the year, and one of uh, definitely one of my favorites of 2019. This is definitely fitting uh, of what I was expecting it to be of, of a kind of a top class of 2019 movies. Yeah, this this is yeah. Alex said it perfectly. It's exactly what you would expect, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah, and deliver it delivers on what you expect, and that's not bad because a lot of times if you expect something and it fails to deliver, that's almost worse because if you don't have any expectations. And they're either met or, you know, your expectations aren't, mm-hmm. aren't met. It's kind of like, well, I didn't really know what to think. But if you're expecting something and you really have high hopes and then it fails to deliver, it's mm-hmm. worse. And this, I think, just met those expectations and delivered, like, really well. Just executed exactly how it should. Yeah, sometimes, uh, I agree completely with Alex, sometimes you see a trailer and you feel like you've seen the movie. That's definitely not the case here. They take you on a good journey. They build up the characters, and well, so they build up like the, the characters you want to be built up. But the best part is they really didn't build up the family, which I didn't care about. Yeah, like I exactly didn't, didn't need it. I didn't want. You didn't it need or additional need it. development than what we got. I think yeah. you got enough motivation, enough basic background to this movie. Obviously, isn't going to be like based in reality because it's just kind of silly in its general core but i don't i think that's perfect how it actually played out because you didn't really need the background so i think it was perfect yeah so i i don't have too much more final thoughts eric do you have anything else you want to add i will go ahead and give the viewers my rating uh so this is going to be an interesting one to rate because i knew i was going to like this movie from like the first time i saw the trailer and it's 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 just a fun movie. Like you, if you're going into it expecting like a, that's the thing with like the horror genre is some people expect the world, some people can recognize what they're going into and kind of adjust for that. I'm not saying this movie needs adjustments, but I'm just saying if you can kind of go into it with the right attitude and the right atmosphere. That's the way you should watch this movie and just watch movies in general. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and give this movie an 8.1. Yeah, this is somewhere in the 8s for me. It's definitely over an 8 because it's delivered exactly how I wanted to. And it was a really fun watch. This was a very good uh, horror comedy. I think balanced the two very well and just was a fun, a really fun ride. So I would definitely recommend it. Within a week, I'd say we're going to be bringing you our 2019 uh, preview. So we're very excited about that. And uh, I guess until then, this has been the Jumping Scared Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the Jumping Scared Podcast. Have any questions, comments, just want to share your horror movie opinions with us? Feel free to reach us at Jumping Scared Podcast on Twitter, 
or by email, jumpingscared at gmail.com. See you next episode.